the book of Jeremiah, the 18th chapter. Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, uh, verse number six. I think that we're just going to read one verse, <clears throat> but as always, I encourage you to keep your Bibles open because the pastor is going to preach from the Bible. Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, verse number six, says something that I believe will encourage us doing this time of pandemic and things changing all around us. I want to encourage you, the people of the Lord. Listen what it says. O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Said the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. I want to talk to you all for a little while, and I'll give a subject to the text in a few minutes. I don't quite know what it is right now, because there's so much in this text, just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Let me start off by first of all saying that who I am today is not who I was a year ago five years ago, or even 25 years ago. And I do not mean just that I'm older or that circumstances have changed. I mean that I am different. I have been shaped and reshaped, created and recreated. And looking back on my life, Maybe some of you all would say the same. I can see I have been living on the potter's wheel. Maybe that's the subject, living (laughs) on the potter's wheel. And though I must confess I do not know much about clay or pottery, I do understand that there are different types of clay each with distinct qualities and properties. I do not know, or I do know that a good potter recognizes, accepts, and works with the uniqueness of each piece of clay. And so the lesson of the potter is a much needed lesson, one that every generation needs to learn. What is the message of the potter? Well, it's simply that God has the sovereign right and power to save or condemn as he chooses. However, God does not use his sovereign right and power in an impulsive, unreasonable way. Did you all know that God is not a bully? who who randomly chooses to save people and uh, condemn others. 
his sovereign right and power are governed by both his holy nature of love and mercy and by his holy nature of righteousness and justice. So the Lord himself, he, 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 he explains the lesson of the potter, a lesson that should significantly help us understand the sovereignty of God. When you look at verse number one, you discover there that God instructed Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house. In fact, the verse starts off by telling us that the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord. In other words, Jeremiah got his orders from the word of God. Now, let me help somebody because when you get your orders from the word, you have valid orders which need to be given top priority in your life. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And then when you glance down at verse number two, what did the word tell Jeremiah? It told him to arise, go down. I don't want you to miss this because while the reference is primarily geographical, because the temple area where Jerusalem was located was on high ground. But the potter's place was south on lower ground in the Jerusalem area. But there's a lesson in the words arise, go down. That has more to do with just where the location was. In fact, it speaks of the humbling assignments God's servants sometimes find themselves in so they can learn lessons from God. Did you not know that God teaches his servants in places other than seminaries and schools? For some of the best lessons are taught in the practical area of life. One does not get any honor or degrees in learning these lessons, but the lessons are often better and more valuable than any that a school can possibly teach. When you look at the latter part of verse number two, it says there, don't miss that word. He says, there I will cause thee to hear my word. You have to understand that that word there is a place of hearing, obedience, and learning. It is, it is like Elijah's call to Cherith and Zarephath, which said there in the 17th chapter of 1 Kings. There was the place of God's care for Elijah. Ignore that command and you will not. Be in God's care, or in Jeremiah's case, you will be ignorant of God's truth. And so can I warn you today? Can I warn you today? Because it is, it is often seldom or rarely easy to get there. But you have to understand that you must make all effort to get there if you would serve the Lord successfully. 
The Bible says there, it was there that the Lord would give his prophet an incredibly special message for the people of Judah. The Lord included Jeremiah's experience in his holy word because he intended that the message be shared with the nations and people of every generation. And so when Jeremiah arrived at the potter's house, he saw him working at the wheel, attempting to mold the clay into a jar, turning the bottom wheel with his feet. The potter worked the clay on the top wheel as it turned. Yeah, did you not know that some of the most mundane or boring experiences of life can teach the most valuable lessons? I'm quite sure when Jeremiah went down to the potter house, saw a man sitting there just spinning a wheel and working his hands. Perhaps, perhaps Jeremiah said, Lord, what's the message? Well, I need y'all to understand, sometimes you just have to wait on, uh, wait on uh, the message. Because some of the most mundane or boring experiences of life can teach us the most valuable lessons. And while Jeremiah sat there and watched, suddenly the potter noticed a defect. He noticed a flaw in the jar. It had not turned out as he had hoped. And this was not an uncommon experience. The clay was the problem not the potter. I don't want y'all to miss that. The clay was the problem, not the potter. Perhaps a lump or rock of something in the clay prevented it from being made into the vessel the potter had intended. Well, can I help us today? Because how many of y'all know that sin ruins, sin tarnishes, Sin damages how many human vessels, and God has to make a different vessel than originally intended. If you are not in the place of service, you originally felt called to be. Maybe, just maybe, it could be because you are a marred by sin vessel. I mean, y'all know that Israel's sin had marred the vessel of the nation. So God had to deal with them accordingly in order to make them a godly nation that he could use. But I have good news for all of us today. And here's the good news is that when a vessel was marred, it was not thrown away. Can I talk to y'all for a minute? I said, when a vessel was marred, it was not thrown away. I'm glad, I don't know about you, but I'm glad he didn't throw me away. <laughs> Let me talk about myself. I ain't gonna talk about you, but I'm glad that he didn't throw me away. Aren't you glad today that he's a God of a second chance? Somebody say third, fourth, fifth. 25th, 50th chance. 
Aren't you glad that when sin or when our vessels became marred, eh, that the potter, he did not throw us away. But Jeremiah noticed something. Jeremiah noticed that the potter did not throw the clay away. But then he had to observe something, that the clay was crushed together and returned to the wheel. And the work began again. And this continued until the clay took on the shape the potter intended. Well, this is what God declared. And this was what God was trying to show Jeremiah. This is the lesson that he was trying to teach him. And that was simply this that he had power to do with Israel, whatever he desired. I don't want you to miss it. He wanted Jeremiah to learn that lesson, that he had power to do with Israel, whatever he desired to do. And so patiently, aren't you glad we serve a patient God? Aren't you glad God didn't cut you off long time ago? But we serve a patient God. And so he worked and reworked the clay. Yeah, he kept on reworking it until he formed the jar that he wanted. Well, when you look at verses four and verse six, it says, so... He made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make. And then he says in verse 6, Oh, house of Israel, my God, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye. In my hand. I dare somebody to type in the chat right now. My life is in his hands. Or put it in there. My life is in his hand. And because my life is in God's hand, I must trust the sovereignty of God. You see, the sovereignty of God is a subject of which many have gone to extreme positions to try to explain. Yeah, but can I make it simple? Can I make it basic for us here today? Can I make it to where we can all understand the sovereignty of God? Because the sovereignty of God just simply means that God can do what he wants to do. When he wants to do it, and where he wants to do it. I'm going to say it again. The sovereignty of God is just simply this, that God can do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and where he wants to do it. Anybody know anything about God? I'm learning about him each and every day. I must confess, I don't know that much about him. But I know that he's gone all by himself. 
I know he don't punch a time clock. I know, hallelujah, there's no one else above him. And I know that my life is in his hand. And we do not tell God how to act. He tells us how to act. He controls our lives and determines our situation. And somebody said, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through right now. Well, I got good news for you. God is still in control. He is the potter. We are nothing but the clay. And if God is God, which I know he is, eh, then guess what? That's the only way that it's going to be. Come on, saints, don't fuss if God puts restrictions on you because of your sin which has marred the vessel. It is grace that would remold the vessel. And I, somebody ought to say, God, I thank you for your grace. My God, I should be out in the potter's field. Yeah, but because of your mercy, because of your love, because of your kindness, because of your faithfulness, yeah, you just have to keep on remolding me. Keep on reshaping me. And then notice something here. When the jar was finished, uh, we at the potter's house here today. When the jar was finished, the Lord explained that the potter and clay illustrated his relationship with his people. As the potter held the clay in his hands, so the Lord held his people in the palm of his hand. This is a descriptive way of saying that the Lord can do uh, with his people as he wills. Holding them in his hand means that he possesses all rights and power over them. He can set up the laws that decide people's uh, fate. But somebody ought to say God is a good God. Hey, uh, somebody said again, God is a good God. Because as I already explained, he does not determine the fate of people in an unfair or cruel way. Neither did God choose to create robots, machines that would automatically praise and serve him. But rather he chose to create living beings with a free will, the ability to choose either to worship him or to reject him. And in his sovereign will and power, God established within people the law of free will. Not only that, but he established within the universe the law of repentance and salvation as well as the law of condemnation. Note, if you will, can I preach from the Bible? That, that is, that, that's exactly what God explained to Jeremiah. Because when you look down at verse number seven quickly, he was letting Jeremiah know, I have the power to pronounce judgment on people if they reject me and live sinful lives. 
And then glance down in verse number eight. He was letting them know that I have the power to forgive and deliver the same people if they repent of their wickedness. Glance at verse number nine. He was letting them know I have the power to choose a people to be built up into a great and powerful nation. And then glance at number 10. He was simply letting them know that I have the power to withdraw my blessings, the good that I've intended. And if the same nation begins to disobey and if they turn away from me, God said, I can withdraw my blessings. How many of y'all know when you're obedient to God, that's the time that God blesses us. Well, let's make this applicable to our own lives because the divine potter has taken the clay of our lives. <laughs> I'm talking about people and relationships, successes and failures, circumstances, experiences, things done and left undone, choices made and opportunities missed, joys and sorrows, the beautiful and the deformed, disappointments and regrets, accomplishments and dreams that have come true. He's taken all of that in our lives and reworked them into another vessel as seemed good to him. Oh, you ought to pat yourself right now and say, I belong to God. This vessel was messed up at one time. And every now and then, hallelujah, this vessel misses the mark. But I'm glad that I'm not in your hands. Because if I was in your hands, you may not have mercy on me. But how many of y'all know he's a God of mercy? He's a God of faithfulness. He's a God of great peace. Well, my brothers and my sisters, we used to sing songs back in the day that really touched the heart. Anybody remember the song we used to sing that said, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I'm just the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Some of y'all might have walked out of church when they got to the second verse. But the second verse, they said, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Search me and try me. Master today. Whiter than snow, Lord. Wash me just now. As in thy presence, humbly I bow. Some of y'all came back in the church, but by the time you got seated, you missed the third verse. That said, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Wounded and weary, help me, I pray. Power, all oh power, surely is thine. Touch me and heal me, my Savior divine. 
Somebody ought to tell the Lord today, Lord, have thine own way. I know you're the potter, and I know that I'm just a claim. Well, maybe I went too far back. Let me push the fast forward button uh, to help the new millennium saints. I think I hear Kurt Franklin singing. You don't have to worry, and don't you be afraid. Joy comes in the morning. Troubles, they don't last always. For there's a friend in Jesus who will wipe your tears away. And if your heart is broken, just lift your hands and say, because I'm in his hands, I know woo, that I can make it. Somebody put that in the chat. I'm almost finished. I know that I can make it. I know that I can stand. No matter what may come my way, my life whoo, is in his hands. And when you know that your life is in his hands, then you know that you're going to make it because God has your best interests at heart. Then Kirk says, with Jesus, with Jesus, I can take it. I stop by here to let you know whatever you're going through, you can take it. He said, with him, I know I can stand. No matter what may come my way, my life is in his hand. And then he says, so when the testing trials may seem to get you down, and all your friends and loved ones are nowhere to be found. Remember this, and don't ever forget it. There's a friend in Jesus who will wipe your tears away, and if your heart is broken, just lift your hands and say, what you gonna say? <laughs> I know. <laughs> that I can make it, I know that I can stand. No matter what may come my way, my life is in his hand. All house of Israel can not I do with you as this potter. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand. But notice something. And I'm trying not to get excited. I'm closing. Notice something. When Jeremiah goes down to the potter's house, he noticed the potter doing the work on the wheel. But notice something else that Jeremiah observed. He observed that the potter had his feet on the wheel. Uh, somebody, you need to understand. Somebody said, Pastor, yeah, I feel like I'm spinning. I feel like I'm spinning out of control. Honey, you in God's hand. He knows how fast to spin you. Somebody said, I feel like I'm being tested beyond measures in my life. Guess who seats on the wheel? And he's in control of the speed. Somebody said, I feel like I'm being chastised. Well, guess whose feet 
is on the wheel and no chastening is good for the moment. But afterwards, somebody ought to shout afterwards, it yields much fruit. Well, let me close unless I get too happy. But I can hear, Lord, I be hearing things, y'all. I can hear Mother Gloria Lynch in the Revival Time Choir singing uh, this song, All in His Hands. I put it all in his hands. All of my burdens, problems, if I have a question, I put it all. Yes, I put it all. I put it all in his hands. And then they say, whatever the problem, I put it all in his hands. I know that he can solve it. I put it all in his hands. And then they say this and that. I put it all in his hands. He can handle it. That's a fact. I put it all in his hands. No matter how great or how small, he's the master of them all. I put it all. Yes, I put it all in his hand. Hey, Sister Marbury, this part you like, because you like the song to keep going. But then they say this and that. Then they get fancy. And they say this, this, and that. And then they say this, 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 and that. And then they end it by simply saying, I put it all. Yes, I put it all in his hands. Well, saints, let me bid you goodbye. But put it all in his hands. Since you're already in God's hands, he holds you with his right hand. God upholds us with his right hand. Put all your burdens in his hands. Put all of your sorrows in his hand. Put all of your grief in his hand. Put all of your financial difficulties into God's hand. Put all of your illnesses into God's hand. Put all your confusion into his hand. Put it all. Somebody shout, put it all. Put it all in his hand. Because he says, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are ye in my hand. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. I don't have to become disturbed about anything because I'm in the hands of the almighty God. Be not dismayed. I'm finished. Whatever be tied, God will take care of you. Beneath the shadows of his wings, you can hide. God will take care of you. That's the word here today. He went to the potter's house, saw the potter on the wheel, saw that the potter was controlling the wheel. Y'all, whether you believe it or not, God is controlling this pandemic. President Trump ain't in control. (laughs) He thinks he is. And every day that you watch him, you can see that he feels now that he's losing control. But God's not losing control. God's got it all in control. 
Every area of your life, somebody you need to hear it. Every area of your life, right now, wherever it may be, I want you to know God's got it all in control. And he's going to spin that wheel. Hey, and on the top, he's going to shape us and reshape us. Mold us and remold us until he gets the vessel that he can say is good for him. He's not trying to make a vessel out of you that's good for your job. He's not trying to make a vessel for you that's good for your spouse. He's trying to make a vessel that he can say is good for him. And so please understand that while you're going through what you are going through, please understand this. God will provide for you. Somebody, you need to hear that. You need to actually hear that. That God will provide for you. Put that in the chat. Put that in the chat. <laughs> Put that in the chat, that God will provide for me. How do I know that God is going to provide? Simply because I'm in his hands. And he's going to take care of me because I'm in his hands. We had a song request today. Pastor, I want to play that request. I really do. And that request is simple. So why do I worry about my when you come to my as we watch God provide? He's a great provider, and He will provide for each and every one of us. Now, God, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your tender mercies. God, we thank you for your word. And God, I shared with your people what you placed on my heart to share. And God, you declared that your word would not go forth void, but it would accomplish what you set out for it to accomplish. Oh God, let your word saturate our hearts and our spirit and our souls that we may apply your word and water your word to know that we are in the palm of your hand that you are in full control of our lives. And because of that, you will provide. I rebuke all worry. I rebuke all fear. I rebuke all confusion in the midst of whatever we may be going through. Because we're in your hands. You love us so much. You've been so merciful. You've been so kind. I decree healing in the body in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody say, I decree healing. If it ain't for you, it's for somebody else. Declare it. I decree healing in the name of Jesus. By his stripes, we're already healed. God, touch sick bodies now. God, manifest yourself in the mighty way. Work miracles in the name of Jesus. Then, God, if there's any that don't know your darling son, Jesus, as their personal savior, God, I pray that you draw them before it's too late because they cannot come to you unless you draw them. Draw them now in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, every stronghold in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you. Thank you for what you've done. 
Thank you for what you're getting ready to do. Thank you for these, your people who've gathered virtually to praise and magnify your name. You've been good to us and we felt your presence and it's been great and marvelous in our sight. Now strengthen us, build us up where we're torn down, strengthen us where we're weak in the name of Jesus. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.